Hi, my name is Mike, and I want to invite you to join us here at Living Life. Um, as we walk this spiritual journey, I pray that He will be made known to you and that you will also learn to live faithfully and obediently uh, in your life. You know, as a pastor, one of the things that never ceases to amaze me is when I um, go on mission trips uh, with our teams. And it's so interesting because usually when the team is formed, you know, when people sign up, you know, these people, you know, never knew each other. Most of them come and for the first time they get to know one another. And as we train and as we, you know, pray and encourage one another, and then when we actually go on the mission trip and we get to do ministry together, you know, praying, healing, you know, helping the sick, uh, bringing children, uh, many people to the Lord, and it's, when everything's said and done, you know, when we come back to our church, when we come back home, it's so amazing to see how this group that once started off as people who did not, as complete strangers, have now bonded to becoming this family and this unit uh, that really longs and desires to serve God. And so I'm always thankful that I'm able to keep in touch with a lot of these mission uh, team members and to see how God is using them. And so today we're going to look at the church and the role that we have in being a unit and as a body of Christ being one together. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 6 As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And as Paul starts off this section on uh, Ephesians chapter 4, he reminds his readers that he is in prison uh, for the Lord, doing his work, and because of the ministry that he's been involved in, that he has been placed uh, in, this, in this prison cell. And so because of that, uh, it should cause us to be more attentive to his words because he doesn't know what's going to happen to him, uh, if he will live or if he will die in a few days. And so these words are very meaningful and it comes from his heart. It's as though it's his uh, last dying wish and he wants them to understand where he's coming from. And so he talks about being united as one body. And in order to be united as a church, it begins with us individually and working on our character. And so as you begin to understand all that Jesus had done for you, uh, you would want to serve him out of gratitude and out of obedience. And so 
Paul is telling the Ephesians that if we want to live a life worthy of our calling, we need to work on these qualities. And the first one that he emphasizes here is humility. Um, now, humility back in those days was considered a very derogatory term uh, by the Greeks. Uh, but this adjective was redeemed by Christians uh, to, by the gospel to represent a very Christian virtue. And so the definition of humility is a modest or low view of one's importance. Uh, it means that, that you realize uh, your own insignificance while you see the worth in other people. Now, you don't look down on others, especially those who have fallen, uh, because pride can easily cause people to think that they are better than others uh, when they're not. And so it's very important that we have humility when loving and serving um, those around us. But he also mentions here gentleness. And another word for that is called meekness. Uh, that's used to signify uh, controlled strength and not just utter weakness. Uh, it, it refers to having power to react against others, but refusing to for the sake of Christ. Uh, a way I can maybe illustrate this is, you know, if you ever watched um, uh, you know, National Geographic or those nature shows, and one of the things that always struck me is how a lion would pick up her cub. You know, because they walk on all four feet, they can't just carry them with their paw. But the lion would pick up the cub by using their teeth. And they would grab the cub and carry them to wherever they're trying to go. Now, if you think about it, the teeth that they're using to grab this cub is normally used to hunt their prey uh, for food. And so their teeth can easily break through flesh, uh, bones, uh, it can even pop like blood vessels and spinal cords. And yet that same teeth that is used to kill prey is used to gently pick up their cub. And I think that's the same kind of attitude that we need to have towards other people uh, as Christians. And I know that it's very easy for us to use hurtful words or to use force or to get angry. Um, but when we look back, we understand that gentleness is something that needs to be out, coming out of our lives as what Christ has done for us. And then he talks about patience. And the word actually means long-suffering or means to be long-tempered. Uh, I know that we can easily get aggravated you know, when we're driving and when someone cuts us off or when we're standing in line and someone decides to go in front of us. There are so many instances where we can lose our patience. Um, but we are called here to bear with one another, uh, knowing that what Christ has done for us, that we need to have that same kind of patience towards other people. And then the final quality that Paul talks about here is bearing with one another in love. And that final quality basically sums up all these characteristics is love. And love is essential. Love is what should power us. Uh, love is, should be the foundation of all that we say and all that we do towards other people. Because if we don't have love, then what we're giving is just generated from ourselves and it will not last. And so 
can we learn to embrace the qualities of other people, especially within the church, especially those who are different from ourselves? I know it's very easy for us to find things that are not similar, things that we don't like, but can we learn to share and to love them as Christ loved us? And then we also see that we need to have a unity based on faith. And if you notice here in the three verses, Paul repeats the word or the number one seven times. And so in verse four, there is one spirit. Uh, he's saying that there is only one spirit that dwells in all the believers. It's the same spirit that it makes us one, that makes us one body. And it's amazing how God moves and that we're still all under one spirit. Verse 5 he says, there is one Lord. Uh, so Paul is reminding that through Christ, He is the one that brings us together and holds us. And so we are being united through the work that was done through the cross. And it's always it's exciting to see people take membership and taking that step forward to see how Christ is bringing us together as one church. And so let's keep that in mind as Paul is writing this part in chapter 4. And so as we look at the church, I know it's very easy for us to point out the faults of other people and the shortcomings that uh, the church may have, but it's important to also look at ourselves and before we do that, uh, because when we look at ourselves, we know that there are areas that we need to grow, need to be challenged, and we need to be sharpened in. And so may we look at the words that Paul wrote and apply that to ourselves so that we can learn to be uh, submissive, that we learn to be gentle and be patient with other people to build up his body and his church. Let us pray for that. Uh, dear God, we thank you that you've given the gift of the church to us. And we ask, Lord, that we can learn to play our part and our role uh, in terms of really loving them, caring for them, and uh, really learning to put others above ourselves. And so we know that we need your help and we need your power and your spirit to work in us. And so, God, we pray that you would have your way in each and every heart that is listening today. We love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.